Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Protusive Dental Podcast. As promised, this one is about Australia. It's for dentists who are looking to move to Australia, which for so many years has been such a popular destination or a place for dentists to consider going to. Many dentists have moved there and settled there, while some have actually gone there, had a great experience, made great memories, and and come back to raise their families back in the UK or wherever they are in the world. I'm joined today by my good friend Rob Conville and similarly to the one where I was joined by Sarinda Aurora for Expat Dentist in Singapore, that was episode number one. This one's about giving you advice and tips if you're considering moving to Australia for dentistry uh, or if you're already there, how to look out for job opportunities, how it works with other people, spouses, visas, all that sort of stuff. Before I get to that though, today's Protusive Dental Pearl is a trick to get excellent isolation for class 5 restorations. Class 5s are typically on dentine or root dentine and therefore suffer with less predictable bond strengths to resin composite. Isolation is always trickier. Uh, I'm a huge fan of using rubber, da- rubber dam for all if not most of my composites where appropriate but sometimes if rubber dam isolation actually makes your restorative dentistry more difficult then I'm against using it. So even if you have a class 5 cavity and you're using rubber dam and even if you use your Brinker's B4 clamps to really get maximum retraction then those who use rubber dam on a daily basis will still know that there's a degree of seepage that happens around the rubber dam. So what do you do then? Well, the tip I picked up from Pasquale Venuti in Sydney is to use PTFE tape packed into the sulcus. Now, depending on the biotype you're dealing with, you can use it rolled up like a retraction cord, or you can use it like a a napkin almost, and you just pack it inside the sulcus. Don't take my word for it, try it. The cavity will be bone dry and even inspected in a microscope, you'll find that there'll be no moisture seepage at all. So, I mean, I know there are a myriad of uses of PTFE tape and that could probably fill a whole show in itself, but this one is one of my favorites. So let's start join Rob and talk about Australia. So uh, Rob, just tell us a little bit about yourself, the listeners, who are you, you know, where'd you qualify, what have you been up to? Yeah, awesome. So um, my name is Rob. Um, I was in the same um, university as Jazz. I was the year below Jazz at university in Sheffield and I graduated in 2014. Um, So that was a great time. Uh, following that, I completed my vocational training in uh, the Wakefield scheme near Leeds. Uh, I still lived in Sheffield. after that, I continued on to my dental training year, maxillofacial surgery in Sheffield. And then that's when I decided to make the move to Australia. So, yeah, I was, I was there for two years and I've just returned in the July 2018. And I'm now back in Sheffield working in the pediatric department. So tell us why, why Australia? So for me, um, Australia... I went to Australia on my dental elective in the fourth year of university with my friend Dom, and we had a really great time. And um, we kind of, uh, we traveled through Australia, and I thought, what a great place to live. And I, I just thought, you know, when I graduated from university, I really wanted to experience working abroad. Um, so yeah, Australia for me was, it was always kind of a plan. And Did yeah. you not consider anywhere else? 
yeah, I, I, we looked. Um, so I looked at America and I looked at Canada, and there were a few other places. I know you went to Singapore yourself, Jazz. Mm. Um, but some some of those areas, you know, those places you need to sit exams. And Australia seemed like a, a, a good place to go. They recognised English qualifications. So yeah, that was my main choice. Okay, so you decided you want to go to Australia. Um, what what are the first steps that you took, and would you do anything differently now compared to what you did then? Yeah, so I think the first point of call was I, I tried to speak to people who've been before. Um, so there's a, quite a few. There's loads of English doctors, um, doctors and dentists who've moved over to Australia. Uh, so I kind of got in touch with people I knew had been or were still there just to get their feel on um, what it takes to, to kind of get the applications sorted. So that that was kind of in my dental training year. I was speaking to friends who were working in Perth, and they were like, "Yeah, you've got to you've got to come over. You've got." And uh, it was really positive everything mm-hmm. they were saying. So. Yeah, it looked into the um, the process of visas, and it, it does take quite a long time. It does um, take a long time. So you 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 would apply from the for the visa while you're in the UK, or how does it work? Exactly. So um, you've got a few options, really. So I. Um, you, you can be sponsored. So I started Googling like uh, dental companies and there's companies over in Perth like DB Dental um, who've got strong links with the UK and getting UK graduates to go and work over there. So I, I spoke to some friends who worked there. So And then I looked at other corporate den- dental companies who sponsor UK dentists and mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a few routes you can go about it. You can either um, do it yourself and you can apply for a job. But Is that what uh, you did? Yeah, so I initially okay. applied Let's for... Let's explore like that route. So if you're going to be doing yeah. it yourself, um, tell us your route and then we can discuss the pros and cons of doing it yourself. So tell us how you did it. So um, I actually organised... I, I got a like a backpacker visa, which is like a one-year kind of um, visa, which allows you to go and work in Australia. However, there's limits on that visa. So you can only work for six months at a time with one company and then you'd have to change. So um, I went on a, a kind of a, a one-year visa. Um, I successfully got a job interview with one of the dental corporates who um, said that I could go and walk, work for them and they considered sponsoring me. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this, the Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. But, but they were in on it, right? They, they knew that they could only take you on for six months, right? Exactly. So they, they kind of knew that after the six months, then I'd have to either be sponsored by them or I'd have to kind of change, you know, my employer. Um, right. So it actually worked out because I was moving over there with my partner, who's a doctor. We managed to join our applications together. So um, Faye was actually sponsored by her hospital. And then I managed to be sponsored by the hospital also as like a de facto partner. So okay. then I was able to continue to work for my dental company for the two years that we were there. So it was great. Okay, so th- that's one way of doing it if your partner's uh, going to get sponsored. Uh, yeah. uh, what if um, you're out there and you're not fortunate enough to be in a position where you know, you've know got someone in the medical field who's going to get sponsored? Imagine you just work for a company six months uh, mm-hmm. on, on this backpacker visa, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, either the company has to then sponsor you yeah, or you, you know, your stuff, right? 
Well, yeah. So you, your options are you either would have to then change to a different company for six months um, or you then could go and travel and do, you know, explore the country if you wanted to. Um, or, yeah, you'd have to take up a sponsorship with that company and then they would sponsor you for a time period and you'd have to honor that with them. And they can offer you, you know, certain you know amounts of time. I know the, the standard time was two to four years. That's generally what they were. Um, the, they offer people in the contracts. But What's in it for them and what's in it for you? Uh, if someone was sponsor use well, to be honest, um, the, the application itself costs quite a lot. So I think for one of the visas, that, you know, you're looking at anywhere between $1,000 up to maybe $3,000 for the visa itself. And this is you paying or your sponsor paying? So the sponsor would pay for your visa. So you would have no fees for the, the actual visa itself because they'd be paying okay. for it. But then you'd be tied in with the contract on a salary and they'd, they'd discuss terms and con- you know conditions with you and they'd discuss commission rates etc uh, but you'd then be an employee of that company and they'd um they, they'd have a bit more kind of control over kind of your working hours um etc etc so 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 in this case you're not like a, a normal self-employed associate taking a percentage or is there element of that involved? well there definitely will be an element but you'll be classed as an employee so you'll, okay. you'll be given a base salary and then on top of that mm-hmm. you'll have your commission which will, will come in whereas if you were a self-employed dentist you're paid primarily on commission just on commission so there's no salary aspect to when you're a self-employed dentist okay and do you have to get us i mean is there i mean is is sponsorship a, a mandatory requirement um well for foreign grads yeah so for foreign graduates if you've not got a partner who's sponsored by a different company and then you can like piddy back on as a de facto then yeah the only way that you can go and work there is by sponsorship so you do need to take up sponsorship to get the visa to go and work as a dentist so uh, and then how long do you need to then uh, stick up with that before you can just be any old Australian dentist who can work anywhere when they want you know what what criteria do you need to fulfill so then um, most people who who come go over on a sponsorship visa would be given say two to four years on their, their, that the sponsored visa after that then you'd be in discussion talks with your employer to um, sponsor you to go to, um, to apply for permanent residency that's generally the route that people take now the visa systems are all changing at the moment so when I first moved across the Sponsored visa was called the 457. Now that was the permanent, uh, that was the um, sponsored um, visa for skilled workers. Now in March mm-hmm. 2018, so when we were just leaving, they they decided to stop that 457 visa and they've changed it. And now I had to have a read up on this because I myself wasn't on the new visa, but it's called the 482. Now, okay. And that's a, it's very similar. It's um, so it allows you to work full time with an employer in the nominated position as a dentist. Um, and, you know, they're generally for short term um, kind of stays. So generally two years. Um, now, after that two years, they can they can extend it to four years, I believe. But um, on the four year um, visa, that's when it after that run period runs out, then that's when you'd have to move towards permanent residency. Now, with the way the visa are going, I'm not sure. The, the route to permanent residency through this new visa system because I wasn't on it. So, okay. So really, you know, if you're going out there as a dentist, it, it, the ADC is that what they call the Australian Dental Council yes. that you register yeah, with? It's, okay, it's, it's 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 not really them who are limiting you from working. It's more the immigration side of things. Definitely, there is that the visa aspect and, and the immigration aspect. There's so there's the Australian Dental Council who you don't have to actually register with. You register with APRA who are the Australian Health Practitioners Regulations Authority. Now, they're the ones who, who register all the practitioners, so uh, shrobodists, you know, um, 
dentists, doctors, uh, all the healthcare care professionals are registered with APRA. So you only need your APRA registration. Um, you don't have to be a member of the ADC. Now, if you had stayed a longer term, I think there would be a push to, for you to go and um, be a member of the ADC and sit the exams. But no, but it's not a requirement not, to, to work uh, No, there. it's not an essential requirement to go and work there, but you do need APRA registration. That is the one that you need. Okay, and an APRA registration, uh, does it cost money? Uh, does it take long? And uh, are, are there any criteria or exams that you need to fulfill? Yeah, definitely. So um, APRA registration, so it's a bit like the GDC for us. It's a, a similar equivalent. Um, it was on the top of my head, I think it's between 600 and $700. So it's less mm-hmm. than, you know, the GDC um, fee of £890. Yeah. Um, time wise again uh, when you apply for your first time because you apply before you move to Australia for the APRA so that when you get there you can start working it does take a long mm-hmm. time so um, I think I started looking in the March time of 2016 for working in September and it came through like the month before I got there so it can take so five months it took yeah you. so it, it can take you know I gave myself six months to be able to start everything yeah. out because not only your APRA registration you need to do police checks you need to do um, health screenings so you need to go and have a chest x-ray because you're going to be working as a dentist you need to obviously uh, apply for your visa through the immigration system and then you've got to uh, apply for your APRA which is the medical uh, licensing uh, board okay um, but you don't need to do uh, pass any exams no. as UK so there's no exams or anything like that so that perfect yeah yeah that's much better so the the, the first thing you need to do then is um, register to APRA or is the first thing to do to find a sponsor which of those two do you, do you or, or, or is the first thing the visa so can you just do one two three in the order of how you'd actually do so it so order I would be would be just contact you know you know contact one of the employers over there whether that be um, someone who um, like a corporate dental dental company or go onto the ADA website the Australian Dental Association and there's uh, loads of job advertisements and vacancies there and I just sent out of emails to people saying you know i'm an english dentist wants to move across and you probably well uh, when i first started i didn't get much re- replies at all i you know i sent out loads of emails but then i did get one and that was from one of the corporates and they were like oh this is what you have to do so um, yeah first of all talk to an employer second point would then be the visa application and then third and finally would be the APRA registration once you've got the the job kind of secured with the visa and then with the APRA that's that's the sure but you but you need the job you need the sponsor yes. to then help the visa of course, right exactly so okay. the, the first point of call is speaking to an employer a potential employer yeah okay fine uh, and what are the opportunities like there are they hungry for UK dentists at the moment or is it a bit saturated um, I, I would say they definitely are. Um, I had a, a great experience and I know everyone who's, um, who um, is over there who are English uh, dentists are having a great time who are still there. Um, but there, there, there's definitely a saturation of dentists in the bigger cities. So I was based in Brisbane, um, a great place if anyone's interested to go and um, visit Australia. Um, but then there's a lot of dentists there in the cities. In the rural areas, there's a less kind of dentists. Um, so there's probably more um, a higher need for uh, dentists there. However, yeah, and jobs are competitive wherever you go, um, but you've just kind of got to go and just, you know, make sure your CV's um, up to scratch. And um, yeah, I, I found it quite difficult to get a job, um, but at the same time, um, it's it's easier when you're there. You know, when you're working on Skype and emails, it's quite hard to, to meet potential employers. Um, it, it's, it's difficult, but you've got to just persevere with it. And I, I'd say it's definitely worth it. Brilliant. So once you've got your um, job lined up by someone agreeing to sponsor you, you, then they help you with the visa and then the APRA, 
mm -hmm. everything takes about five to six months. You start working as a dentist in Australia. What's it like there? How is it different to what you experienced in the UK? Yeah, so um, it's all a, it's all private in Australia. So um, coming from my VT kind of experience in like a mixed NHS and private practice, um, it was very different um, the way they, they pay for uh, the treatment. So quite a few patients will be on like a health fund. So I have some sort of health insurance, which covers them for um, a range of dental treatments. And they kind of have um, they have rebates on treatment so um say if you're doing a, a checkup um, and they're on a health fund um, and the health fund will cover the checkup they don't have to pay anything out of pocket but then you have people who don't have any sort of insurance at all who then just have to pay for the treatment uh, like a fee per item sort of thing okay is insurance so, something that you take out as a policy or is insurance something that people get if their income is below a certain level how does that work yeah, so generally people take it out as policies. There's, there's, there's loads over there. There's Booper, there's Medibank Private, there's um, Australian Defence Force. There's loads of different um, sorts of uh, insurances. Sure. So they generally take it out as yearly policies. And uh, the dental will uh, be one aspect of that wider health cover. Um, so as a dental practitioner over there, depending on who you work for, you'll be kind of a preferred, um, what we call a preferred provider for one of the health funds mm -hmm. or a few like, so in one of my clinics where I worked, we kind of covered the majority of health funds. So that meant we, you know, most patients who had a health fund could come and see us for treatment and they'd get the maximum benefit. Okay. Whereas if you weren't a preferred provider for that health fund, then the patient might not get the maximum benefit back. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm with you. So, it's, it, it, you yes. know, it's some clinics may not be able to accept all the different policies out there. Yeah, yeah. But they, obviously they can still provide the dentistry, but, you know, yeah. the, the patient would want to um, get the most back for the health um, insurance. So, sure. yeah. It was excellent. Um, so, you know, um, it's private practice um, where I worked. So I worked for a corporate and for a family practice as well. I was working um, towards the end. I was working six, um, a six day week every fortnight. So I was really busy. I wanted to get them, um, the best experience over there as possible. And yeah, just a really, really uh, a fresh kind of outlook to dentistry over there, actually. Good. And how many patients were you seeing roughly? Is it a bit like, you know, was it uh, overly busy or was it a bit quiet? Well, it, it kind of it all depends on you as a person. Um, generally, I didn't see more than 20 patients in a day. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of that, that's just the way it went. It depends how busy the clinic is, obviously, and where you're based. Um, but yeah, um, you can kind of choose how long you want for your patients. And obviously, because, you know, patients, are, you know, I, I, I want to spend as much time with the patients as possible. And I wanted to deliver the best care and I want to do my best. So um I, I booked out longer appointments that if I felt it was needed. Yeah. So yeah, it, it wasn't a stressful environment at all. Cool. And um, you know, the most common question people get out there is how much could you expect to earn? And you could probably answer that in a couple of ways. You can answer that um, from someone who may be on a sort of sponsored um, contract and what the average GDP in, in Australia could, could be looking to earn. Can you uh, give us an average figures? Yeah, so um, I think on the salary side, when you if you're say employed, they you know they say a yearly salary would be roughly around eighty five thousand dollars, which is really really good. Um, at the exchange rate, I'm not sure what that is at the moment, but then obviously um, on top of that, you can add your commission. So, um, so that's like yeah, a base. You can, like you you're, you're pretty much guaranteed that's like that. That's like a base salary. And then on top of it, you know, you can add commission depending on um, how many patients you see or treat in a month. So that gives you an idea yeah. of roughly like a, an average. Sure. Yeah. And have you got an average for, um, you know, permanent resident Australian dentists uh, who are not on a sort of a contract or is that something that you're not sure about? Or 
Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it, it could range really. You know, if you're working in a busy clinic, um, you know, five six days a week, you could be looking at you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars plus. Uh, for, for you know for an experienced dental practitioner with a stable list and you're well established there but you know you'll know jazz moving over to singapore once you arrive you know you have to build patient you know build a list build rapport with the patients and it does take time like, as it does here um yeah i mean in, in, in singapore as i talked about in the first episode was um you know it depends a lot about uh, demographics where you were practicing as well uh, and these are things that apply anywhere in the world I suppose yeah you definitely and um, I, I found I found I worked in the city of Brisbane I also worked in like a rural kind of suburb of Brisbane and there, there are obviously differences there but you know I think the experience you know you go for the experience and it was um, for anyone interested in moving to Australia I can't I, I can't recommend it enough and I mean obviously you you've moved back to, um, for, for those who are wishing to you know, become a PR. Do you know how long it would take for, for them to become a permanent resident? Yeah. So um, you have to be there for at least uh, two years. So you have to work there um, for at least two years um, to even to be considered um, for permanent residency. So if you were looking to go towards um, move towards permanent residency, yeah, you've got to commit to at least working there for two years before even applying. So, um, yeah, okay. that, that, that's what you've got to bear in mind. S- Fine. So once you've got your PR, you can you're not really reliant on sponsorship anymore. You can really work in any city that's or any uh, practice that's willing to take you on. Exactly. Yeah, you're free, you're free to go wherever you want. Um, you'll be a self-employed dentist, you know. And um, after PR, that's when people sometimes go and uh, apply for citizenship, which is you know you can become a citizen of Australia. Um, um, so yeah, there, there's there's options afterwards as well. So. But 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 you know you wouldn't start supporting Australia in the rugby or something stupid like that, would you? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, true true England fan at heart, Jazz. You know me. I know, I know, I know. I, that was just a, a, a cruel test. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any uh, tips that you can give to people who are in your position? Um, uh, you know, thinking of uh, taking the big step and moving moving across. You know, long it's a long way to go, Australia. Um, I suppose you know how can you help them? get leverage out there yeah I, I think it's really difficult because um when um, i moved over there I, I didn't know anyone really in brisbane i didn't really know the city very well on my elective we were only there for two days so um it was a massive kind of culture shock and also um, you're away from family and friends but you know when you put yourself into these kind of uncharted ter- uh, waters and you you kind of um it's it's exciting and it, it's like an adventure and to be honest i wouldn't have changed anything it was the best decision i made hands down you know oh you know i had a great experience working max Fax and everything but going to australia was the best move um you know it opens doors for you because yeah. working over there i was i managed to learn you know new things like digital dentistry we so in the clinics where i was working there was serec there was trios we had intral scanners we had intral mm-hmm. cameras um, you know on the units it was just so well um you were well supported over there and um, it was a, a it was well funded um, so the equipment was excellent you know using sexual matrices and just a really good experience so for a new newly qualified dentist i would i would highly recommend it and um no you know this is such a big place so there's so many different you know i know i've got friends who work yeah i mean i remember seeing all your photos traveling around australia i was yeah, very jealous and, and that's it as well it's it's not just work you know it's it's the whole whole aspect of living overseas being able to travel um you know work, if you're in australia you can go towards new zealand we went over there and, and you can work there as well I, I didn't I never worked there so you'd have to speak to someone else but mm-hmm. it's an excellent place to visit and yeah just a really uh, nice lifestyle it's very out if you like the outdoors it's a great place for you 
Absolutely. And could could you see yourself, uh, you know, it could have gone a different way and you could have become a PR there and lived there forever. Is it, could you could you have seen yourself do that? Yeah, definitely. I th- you know, and you probably speak to many people who, who have been there for many, many years. They've moved over from the UK and they've stayed there and, and settled with their families and they're having fantastic lives. Um, for me personally, uh, we've got a lot of really close family here and it, for us, it's the right time to be back. But I'll never rule out me going back over there again. It was we've made some excellent friends over there. And uh, yeah, um, it could have gone one of two ways, but back and happy in Sheffield now and uh, God's country in Yorkshire. So, yeah, so. <laughs> Rob, that's been really uh, efficient and really useful. I think that's going to help a lot of people who are thinking of moving out to Australia with their BDS. Uh, and I think you've given a good, nice little insight into what to expect in dentistry, working conditions. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, at, at all? Yeah, John, I was going to say, um, I, when I first moved over to Australia, I, I, I did write a small article in um, the dentistry.co.uk. It was in November 27 and that's kind of got the, the little points that we've kind of been through so if anyone's kind of you know wants to have a look at you know if some, you send me the link I could put yeah, it in the show notes so we yeah, yeah. uh, so will click on the bottom and then uh, they'll be able to see that it'd be really useful actually definitely and then um, yeah th- thanks very much for your time it's, it's been really really good fun oh no thank you Rob it's always a pleasure catching up with you and I'm sure I'll see you very soon mate see you soon thanks Jazz. Well, I hope Rob's experiences and know-how has helped you in some way. He's a very helpful person, one of the nicest guys around the dentistry, so do reach out to him if you need any further information or help. Uh, he's, he's very supportive. Please stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be absolutely huge. It's going to be the biggest one I've done yet. It's got several people speaking on it, uh, giving di- different perspectives, answering such a big question. That question that crosses everyone's mind at some stage, whether at the beginning of the career or even the middle of the career, is should I specialise? Should I pursue extra degrees? Should I do uh, an MCLIN dent in a certain subject? So we speak to someone who's doing prosto, someone who's done the conservative MSc at, um, at the Eastman, uh, people who, do, who are doing orthodontic diplomas. So I've got loads of people on the show giving different perspectives, GDPs as well, uh, Team GDP. Woo! We'll be talking about the pros and cons, financial analysis, anecdotes of specialization. So it's actually going to be a really big one. I hope it's going to be really helpful to a lot of people um, at the early end of their career or even the middle of their career considering whether it's worth specializing. So again, if you like this episode, please do share it. Like the Producer Dental podcast page on Facebook and register on www.jazz.dental if you want email notifications of new episodes and free content which I'll be putting out. Peace out.